0: Welcome back to another week. If you don't want Barry or Succession finale, series finale, uh, spoilers, fast forward to the timestamp marked in the notes of this episode. Um, it's going to be about 30 minutes and I'll start talking Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part One. But I just wanted to cover, oh my God, we'll start with Barry here's the thing like I get it right I get that it's supposed to be about redemption and salvation and sacrifice and all these like themes um, but I was not prepared for that ending <laughs> I don't even think the writers of Barry were prepared for that ending um, you know I'm sure that they thought that they were getting another season because why wouldn't they and, um, it did feel a little bit rushed this season Um, you know, that being said, I mean, obviously it was done beautifully. It was done like perfectly given the, given the circumstances, given the allowance of episodes and time that they were given to tell the story. It was just, um, it's been a while since I've seen a show where I truly couldn't predict the next, the next thing at all. So, you know, Bill Hader is a freaking genius. I stand by that and um I it's going to be really shitty if he doesn't get an Emmy for this. Um it was it was overshadowed by Succession a little bit. You know, I don't know what HBO was thinking airing these shows at the exact same time. Like I'm glad that they did, but I feel I don't know. Like yeah. The, the show Barry, like it pokes fun at the industry. Um, and maybe that's why, you know, maybe it's not taken as seriously by the, um, by the industry. It's not taken as seriously by the streaming services that it's put on that we, you know, know, you know, they're doing shady shit and it's not taken seriously by, you know, the award ceremonies. Um, And that's just, yeah, I don't know. It's a great show. Like, if you haven't watched it, uh, watch it. If you started and stopped, I suggest, like, starting again. It's intense. (laughs) It's not, like, an easy watch. But, oh, my God, it was so, so good. Um, The way that he, like, talked about how, you know, at the end – The way he, you know, he's going in to save his son and his wife. And he's like, you know, he prays to God. He's like, tonight I'm going to die. I'm going to, please let me, you know, please let my death be a sacrifice so that my son can give a, live a good life. And then he doesn't die like right then. Like he gets like, Fuchs gives him his son back and then like runs off. And then you see the three of them in the bed and, um, And then it isn't until the next morning, really, when Sally goes off with John and he, like, he goes in search of them at Kousineau's house. Like, that's when, you know, oh, my God. And, you know, there's this really intense scene with Henry Winkler in the the bedroom and he's got the gun and it's like, he's just read all this stuff about how his, like, his son, you know... (sighs) His son believes that he killed Janice Moss, and that's, like, the kicker. Like, his son believes that, you know, the house that he bought him was, you know, was, with with uh, with hush money from Barry. And so um, that's why he shot him, even though we know that he shot him on accident. And he goes into the, um, yeah, he gets his gun, and is like, is he going to kill himself, or is he going to kill Barry? And he hears Barry's voice out there. You hear gunshot, and at first you think, "Oh my God, Gene Cosano has killed himself." And then you realize that he's shot Barry, and then he shoots him again, and he's just standing there. And then he's just like, "Oh, oh my God!" And his friend was gonna—I forget his name. His friend was gonna leave him, and, um, you know, oh my God, it was just so good. It was like, and he was gonna turn himself in. He was gonna turn himself in. He was gonna say call the cops. I'm going to turn myself in. Um, and then of course, um, the friend is calling the cops for a different reason. And, you know, and then it jumps forward a little bit and we see the movie being made about Barry's life and, um, wow. Um, and yeah, so his son, you know, it was a sacrifice. So his son, you know, and, there's themes in there about like God and praying to God and, you know, is God listening and because God ultimately saves Barry's son from, you know, he could have had a very different life if his father was in prison, you know, um, for all these murders and all this stuff. Um, you know, he was prepared to come clean to save Kusano. Um, you know, and to save himself, obviously, like, to redeem himself, but to also, like, you know, he was ready to, like, atone for that sin if that's, you know, what he needed to do, especially since he, you know, realized he's lost Sally and his son now. Um, He doesn't know where they are, and even if he does find them, like, imagine that, like, custody battle. How's that going to go? So he's like, okay, I'll turn myself in, and then that's the moment where Kusuno kills him. And then Kuz- and that's kusuno's fate now, is to spend the rest of his life in prison. Like, that steals the deal. Like, that makes the story make even more sense about how Barry was his, like, little minion, supposedly. Um, and it's just crazy because, really, that person was Fuchs. And Fuchs gets off, as far as we know. Like, he gets off clean. You know, he's out hiding in the hills somewhere with his men. Um, and so, now, Jean has this... You know, he, by killing Barry, has really sealed the deal of his fate. You know, he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. Um And so this movie comes out, the retelling, The Mask Collector, it's called. And, you know, Sally doesn't want John to watch it, presumably because it's not the correct story. But, you know, what is she going to do? It's out there. He's going to watch it. What is she going to do? Like, say, actually, you know, that's not the real story. It's this. And, you know, um who's he going to believe? I mean, if she were to do that, that would be an interesting thing. I mean, she's in theater. She understands the power of, uh, film. So yeah. Wow. It was just so good. And the whole scene with, um, you know, it was just so good. Like, You know, how would John's life have been different if his dad was in prison for all these murders versus his dad's like essentially this military hero, this um, war hero, this hero hero um, who um, died, you know, trying to redeem himself, basically. (sighs) And then, yeah, the whole scene with Hank dying in the statue of Cristobal's arms. Like, oh, my God. Like... And then that immediately followed by all the, like, goriness of the shootout that had just happened and Fuchs trying to shield John's eyes from seeing all the, like, dismembered people and everything. And, like, but it was just, like, that moment was just, like, poetry when he's just, you know, holding Cristobal's golden hand and, like, you know, he's... He's just admitted that, you know, he didn't want it to go that way, but, you know, he's just admitted that by trying to keep himself and Cristobal safe, he essentially killed his uh, his lover by doing that, and he hadn't really probably admitted that to himself even yet. And he breaks down crying, and then he gets, you know, he calls the deal off, and then he immediately is, like, he, like, accepts his fate, and now he's going to go meet Cristobal wherever he is. Just like, oh, my God. I was not prepared I was not prepared for um you know two of my favorite you know characters on the show to die so suddenly obviously it's the end so it's like okay but and then you know Jean Cousineau is just like such a sad it's just such a sad um It's just such a sad study all around because he was gone, you know, he was in hiding. He came back because he didn't want this movie to be filmed, but then ultimately, um, you know, Janice Moss's dad, the, um, ex-CIA or FBI agent, you know, he was able to lure Gene Cousineau back in, you know, with the, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is going to be in it and, um and all this stuff like he was he was still had that like little bit of um, himself that ego that wanted to like you know be seen by the industry he'd like dedicated his life to and so you know it's just sad and that ultimately led to to the to the downfall of Gene Cousineau and he could have turned it around he could have just waited one second longer um to you know to shoot perry but you know maybe he maybe that wouldn't have been good enough for him maybe he had to do that because he then you know it's not about him not wanting to go to prison for these crimes essentially because he doesn't ultimately like turn the gun around on himself he has this like he hates barry and you know for good reason killed his you know janice um and then now he's being blamed for the murder and other murders, and um, he has this like, I don't know. It's just a sad. I felt so sad for his um, character, and even just the moment before that, his friend is like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna leave you," you know, like you're not alone. And then he's like grabbing the suitcase, like he's ready to leave him. Oh, all around, all around it was like a really good, well written episode. And um yeah, I'm I'm sad that the creators, writers, actors, and Barry didn't get to play that out a little bit more just because it was so good. It is so good. But I'm definitely gonna do a rewatch after I have processed a little bit more about, you because know, the watch Barry for like the themes. The themes of it, like they're so good, and he's you know got these little moments scattered throughout like lots of them just little nods and winks, and little moments of clarity and moments of humor that just it make it so good. And then succession I have so many notes, so many thoughts. Um, the scene with the siblings in the kitchen, like maybe the best scene of the whole show, definitely, maybe of the whole season. Um, like. Just, you know, Kendall, you know, that moment where they swim up to Kendall on the the dock and, um, you know, Roman and Shiv have always had this kind of thing. Like, Roman's kind of, like, maybe the go-between. Like, he will will side with Kendall when needed to, like, you know, because Kendall's, like, who he saw his dad, like, going with, you know. If his dad, like, if it came down to one of the three of them, it would have been Kendall. And, you know, I think Roman really thought that and believed that until the end, like when he thought for a moment that it would be him before before Logan died, and you know he was just like and then you know they they decide together to you know they just and Shiv decides you know, well if it's not gonna be me you know it like let's make it Kendall kind of thing um and Kendall can relax for um, a night because he finally thinks that he's going to be the head of the company. Like, this is the first time he's not trying to, like, orchestrate and manipulate and trying to um capitulate everybody to, like, do what he wants. He's like, okay, this is going to happen. You know, we got this. And my siblings are behind me for, like, the first time. And I'm going to just, you know... I'm going to just relax. And, you know, they're making me the meal fit for a king. And, oh, my God, when Roman licked the cheese, like, (laughs) Um, Kieran Culkin is the star of this show. And you cannot tell me otherwise. Like, I, you know, he's just great. Um, You know, Sarah Snooks, obviously, right up there with him. But um, and then, you know, Jeremy Strong is just, yeah, (laughs) I mean, he plays Kendall perfectly, Um, but yeah, I was wondering like the end, you know, Tom, I kind of, you know, I kind of didn't see it coming. So I was, you know, I was like, I was all right with it. You know, Tom is obviously who Mattson was going to choose because he will suck up to anyone. Like Shiv said, he will suck the biggest stick in the room. And I think when she said that, like she was like, you know, that clicked something in his mind of like, I mean, it definitely did. When she said that, it clicked something in the mind, like, oh, that's who I need to pick then because he will suck the biggest dick in the room. And I just want to be the biggest dick in the room. And, you know, he straight up says to Tom, like, you're not going to have any say, like, you're going <laughs> to be the CEO, but I'm, you know, I'm running everything and you just have to go along with it. And Tom's like, perfect, because I don't have any ideas. I just want to like be, I just want to follow the power and be where the power is. And that's great for me. And, you know, he has this like, oh, it's a great scene when Matson and him are talking and, you know, Matson's talking about how he wants to fuck Shiv and it's not going to be good for them working together because he wants to fuck her so badly. And, you know, you see the like, you see the rage and the glimmer in Tom's eye and it's like, is he going to say something or is he not? And he just like nods and he's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of what a CEO needs to be. Like, imagine, you know, totally different scenario, obviously, but imagine Roman in that position. Like, say, maybe say he, Matthew's saying he wants to fuck Jerry and imagine Roman in that position. Like, he's so emotional. I mean, we saw him, um, his first day had any kind of power, like, just completely, like, going off the rails, like, with his emotions, just, like, emotionally firing people, yelling at people, making irrational decisions. Like, it couldn't have been Roman. He's too emotional. And then Kendall's obviously also very emotional, but in a different way. And, you know, all three of them, you know, um, have a tongue where, like, it just, you know... On one hand, it's like, yeah, it would have been great for the company to stay in the family. And in a way, it does through Shiv. I mean, her and Tom are going to have this baby together no matter what. She's decided to keep it, whether they end up working out or not. Um, Like the chilling scene in the limo where like their hands are like barely touching and I saw Evan Ross Katz um, esteemed journalist um, you know talking about how Matthew McFadden has amazing handwork between um, Pride and Prejudice the like hand clenching and then in this show like the handwork and uh, it's, it's a really good scene because you know Shiv is just like you know He's like, I'm going to have a limo out. And you see her be like, no, no. You know, like in front of other people. But then she's there in the limo. And, like, she knows she's, like, accepted her fate. She's chosen her choice. Um, You know, she. I think she... You know, obviously when she thought it was going to be her, she was still asking Tom. She's like, do you want a real relationship? Like, I think she really does want that with him. But, you know, that just kind of sealed it when she found out it was going to be Tom. Obviously, she had the, like, angry initial reaction. But then she's like, okay, maybe I can make this work to my benefit also. Like, maybe maybe this can, you know, maybe we can make this work um, in a way that works for both of us. And that's kind of what she always needed from Tom. You know, she hates it at first. She's so mad. Um, we see her be so mad that she wants to like screw him by, you know, she's saying she's going to vote for Kendall and um or she's going to vote no for Kendall and, um you know, no to the merger. And she she's angry enough. to But once she calms down, she's like, OK, like this is kind of what she needed from Tom. She wanted like she didn't want somebody that she would just say like, you know, he was following around her for the power in the beginning and she didn't like that. Like, the thing that Matson liked about Tom is the thing that she turned her off about him, about the, like, sucking up to everyone, including her. Like, she needed him to, you know, other it's, you know, now he has some power of his own and, and he doesn't, you know, need her for anything, really. I mean, um, in his eyes, um, you know, except if he wants her. And, you know, that's what, kind of what she needed from him. She didn't want him to, like, need her so badly in that way of, like, power, like, now they can hopefully, you know, at least co-parent this kid together. Ugh, I can't believe this is ending, like, on this. But, um, yeah, as far as endings go, great, 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 greatly done. And I was thinking about, like, the decision to not take Hugo and the other guy. Was it Frank? Frank is his name? <laughs> the decision to not take them on, you know, uh, Tom's decision to um, go with Carolina and Jerry instead. I really liked, you know, that call, um you know but I was thinking like why you know why do that and maybe it's to kind of like signal that this isn't going to be like the the boys company you know like it's just like you know okay Matson's doing his thing over there whatever but like as far as ATN goes I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna um you know I'm not going to completely, you know, I'm not going to re I'm not going to follow in all of Logan's footsteps as far as this goes. Like we're taking Jerry, we're taking Carolina cause they're good at their jobs and, um, Carolina didn't want, uh, Hugo to come. So, you know, he said they're gone and, you know, he kept his promise to Greg in the beginning. He said, Greg, you know, come with him and they're the disgusting brothers together. And, you know, he gives Greg a hard time, but ultimately brings him on. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, I like that Roman seemed happy in the end. He seemed kind of happy to be free of all of it. He, you know, revealed his truth, uh, you know, his feeling, you know. Um, you know, obviously the part about Kendall not being really his kids not really being in Logan's bloodline, but then also like he's like, We're 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 shit or nothing. And that's kind of what he's felt all along. So it felt kind of feels like freedom to him to not have to like uphold this like role that he, you know, deep down doesn't feel, you know, capable of filling anyway. And it's kind of like freedom for him. Um, you know, Shiv feels like maybe like, you know, she had this, she, she had this like dream and now her, her, she's settling a little bit for not quite her dream. So, you know, maybe a little bit less than freedom for her. And then Kendall, when Colin, sweet Colin follows him to like the end of the pier. Like you're wondering like, what is he going to do? Um, honestly, I don't think Kendall would actually like kill himself. I mean, he just won $10 million in the merger. So like, I don't see that really happening. It's more of just like, he wants, he, he did like threaten that and the, he's like, if I don't get this, you know, I'm going to, I don't know what's going to become of me. I was living for this and, and, uh, you know, what's going to become of me now. I I can't, you know, do anything else really. I have no other skills. Like this is it. And I think he's thinking about his ego. He's thinking about his family. He's thinking about, you know, custody of his children. He's thinking about power. He's thinking about his dad, obviously. Um, But I don't think he's really gonna, he's kind of too much of a, I mean, I don't see him actually doing it, but I liked that Colin followed him out to make sure that he didn't do anything to harm himself, you know? Um, and we get that like ending shot of him on the pier and it was just great. It was perfect as far as show endings go. Love that they kept Jerry on and, you know, Roman, we see Roman order her drink kind of as a little nod to her at the end there. Really well done show. I think if it had gone on any longer, it kind of would have been like it would have doled itself out. I think it was a perfectly done show. I really do. Sandoval, before we dive in, is there anything you want to say to Ariana or the group at large? Uh, I just, uh want to thank everybody for being... Pull yourself together, man. This isn't a fucking You're not a victim. You're not at the Oscar. Not a, You're not, a victim. not at the Academy the sad, Awards. Sack I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim, guys. Bullshit. Knock it We're off. Right. Okay, well, let him speak. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. James, don't James, hit. James, here's the deal. Be Were a man, mate. Get, be a man. Pull yourself together. Fucking cro- crocodile tears. Pussy. Tom, I just want to say that I appreciate everybody for being there for Ariana. No matter what was going on in our relationship, she didn't deserve it. Nobody deserves to have that happen. Nothing happened. You did it. I'm sorry for doing the one thing I said I wouldn't do, and I did it in the worst way possible. I love you, and I apologize. Mm. Nah. That didn't hit for me. I didn't even listen. Ariana, what have the conversations been like between you and tom he is a victim blame me 100 of the way so i don't believe anything that just came out of his mouth i think he's fucking full of shit and he can fuck off sandoval you are still living in the house that you and ariana own together on and off yeah how has that been for you ariana it's been not great. We have liaisons and go-betweens and people to let me know, which, by the way, in the beginning, he refused to let anyone know when he would be coming and going and he would come and go unannounced, which was very traumat re-traumatizing for me, and then come in and yell at everybody who was there to support me. Um, and finally now, he has agreed to at least let his assistant know when and where he will be so that I can try to avoid him at all costs. Lala, I know when you and Randall broke up, you got out of the house pretty quickly. Do you think it's healthy for these two to be sharing the home? No, Sandoval is Randall. Give it 10 years, he is Randall Emmett. It's absolutely terrifying. I couldn't get Randall to stay home, and then when shit hit the fan, I couldn't get him the fuck out of the house. There you go. That is a fucking narcissist. Everyone needs to be warned about this person. Like, this is a dangerous human being. la, that's actually a ridiculous stance to start saying Sandoval's a dangerous person. I didn't ask for anyone else's opinion. Well, you have my opinion. Well, that's great. I reject it. He was sleeping next to her. This was his mm-hmm. life partner. If he can mm-hmm. do that to her, yeah. there's something wrong uh, with this person. And a lot of other people have done that before. Absolutely. Uh, and they're not and a baby people, with people. Right? They are exactly. dangerous. Uh, you to judge my character, Shut the fuck up. you need to get Shut in line the fuck and fuck somewhere Shut near the, the fucking back. Fuck up. Calm down. I'm not going to calm down. We're here for like 10 hours, for God's I understand. You cannot stop. And like we're ready this. to go. Okay, so now I'm going to get into the Vanderpump Rules first part reunion and, oh my gosh, I have some thoughts, of course, and I just want to say, okay, so, um, okay, so the first part starts out with, um, you know, Andy's sit-down with, he's calling it the principles of the scandal, the, the main three, right, Tom, Raquel, Ariana, and it's like, you know, he, it, the way it's edited is it, like, bounces back and forth between, um, between each one of them and we haven't seen too much of Raquel's yet um and it says you know for Raquel this on this on the screen it says for Raquel it was a chance to uh, get to explain when how when it started and how it started but more on that later dot 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 so we don't see too much of Raquel's just yet um you know we just see him ask her how she's feeling going into the reunion and she's like I'm Hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. And, um, and then, you know, it's a lot of questions that we see um, right off the bat to Tom and Ariana. So, like, what they're going to do is they're going to thread this, these one-on-ones throughout the, the three parts of the, of the reunion. Um, uncensored versions next day on Peacock. Um, but, so, Tom was, I heard that Tom was not able to coach Rachel before the one-on-ones, only before the reunion. They weren't um, able to – or no, sorry, I got that wrong. So Tom was not able to coach Raquel before the reunion. So, like, they did the one-on-ones the day before, and then it was, like, separate. Um, They take their phones, and it's, like, separate until they meet the next day for the actual reunion. And so, you know, and then Andy sit down with Ariana, um, we see the text message, you know, she's like, it took her a whole 48 hours to text me. And when she did, it was just like, I don't know what to say. And then Ariana called her a rat and blocked her. And, um, so we see, and then Tom's timeline, Annie asks Tom about his timeline and he goes after the Mondrian guys night, it started. After, so after Havasu, right after Charlotte died, that's his timeline. And Annie asks, did they have sex that night? And he says, yes. And, um, he asks Arnion if he was suspicious of Tom and Rachel at all. And she says, no, she was giving him the benefit of the doubt. She was the loyal, committed partner. And that's what you do. And yes, um, Tom says that he took, uh, oh yeah. And then Tom, you know, he's going back to his timeline. He says that they took a break after, after they took a break, they did it once, they had sex once and then took a break. And then it was back on again after filming wrapped, after the, um, Life is Beautiful Festival, but before BravoCon. So my ears perked up a little bit when he said that, and I did some investigating on my own. Life is Beautiful Festival in 2022 was from September 16th to 18th, that weekend. Um, Raquel's birthday is September 12th, and so we, of course, see Raquel's birthday episode is the glamping episode um, the third week back from the original finale um, that was filmed, so Filming had not ended yet, um, during Life is Beautiful Festival A. Um, so and B, like what's what's his reason for saying that, right? Like it all seems very calculated. Um, you know, Tom Sandoval fancies himself a producer of the show, apparently, because he's, you know, he's putting this he's spinning this story together that later begins to unravel as we see. Um And then, uh, so, (laughs) we go back to uh, Ariana and Andy, and she's like, you know, I had more faith in Raquel, I was more surprised by Raquel, because we all knew men are trash, and she's like, sorry, and Andy's like, actually, I'm going to co-sign on that. Um, And then, of course, we found out later, I mean, we found out in the updated finale That was filmed in March, and then you know it expand. We learned more about it during the reunion about how Ariana already knew about Miami Girl, so she already knew that he was you know trash, essentially, Um, but she loved him, and you know she like she said she she thought they were life partners. That's what they were, um, as far as she knew, and she wasn't going to let other people be um she wasn't gonna let other people's she didn't want other people's opinions of tom to be um to be molded by this thing that he did when they were like freshly like two weeks in which i guess in the scheme of things is still pretty early when your relationship starts on the timeline that we know now that it kind of did um and then todd says something really heinous that i had to like listen back to three times to like re- did he really just say that he says we weren't being intimate and I felt like I was her gay BFF. Um, what? Like, that's not just like, what does he mean by that? Like, that's offensive. And then not only that, he also has already said, you know, we know that we know that he wasn't Ariana's gay BFF. That's Logan. And he had already complained that they spent so much time together. Um, Ariana makes it clear that she knows how Tom Zandaball works, and then he's been coaching Raquel on what she's gonna say so that their timelines match up. And you know, Andy asks her, she's like, It seems like your tears have turned to anger. And she's like, actually I'm kind of indifferent. But then, you know, of course, this is filmed before they're all together, and so (sighs) I can tell that like that anger is coming up again, just like seeing him again, being in the same room with him for the first time. Since I had that conversation, again, like, it brings a lot of the anger back and then just the way he's handling the whole thing, which we'll get into. Um, We see the backstory of this, that shady um, Instagram story that Andy did, you know, he does the little, like, previews on Instagram stories, and he shows the one that, um, you know, where he asks Tom Schwartz, he's like, were you silent or were you silenced, and... Tom's like, both, both. Um, uh, he's like, what a mess, Andy. Um, you know, and then we get the walk-ins. You know, Lala, you know, looks amazing. Katie, James, like, pretty much everybody on that side. And they all watch, like, Ariana walk in. And she's in her revenge dress. Tom Sandoval comes in last. And Sheena's, Sheena's still in her and her slippers, um, bless her. She's like, I will, you know, they're bringing my shoes, but I know that they're not going to film my feet right now. So let's get this started. She's ready to go. And nobody brings it more, at least in this first part than Lala, you know, James is reactive too. And he's got some really funny things, but Lala definitely like the star, at least of part one. Um, but yeah, Ariana looks fire and they all compliment her on it. And yeah, everyone on that side, I'm just loving the looks. Um, Chino looks good too, of course, but just like the other side is just like clearly the better side. Um, so yeah. And then Andy asks James, he's like, how does it feel to be the number one guy in the group? And James is like, well, I'm competing with Schwartz and a clown. So, I mean, it's not that hard to win. Um, P.S. Jack's on his Instagram stories, because he's, you know, the guy that started the whole number one guy in the group thing. He's like, it's time to pass the torch, and it's well-deserved to James, you know. Um, Just thought that was funny. A little side note. Um, We get the, like, little, you know, preview of Allie, uh, or the flashback to Allie, rather, of her, you know, bringing up that she saw Tom and Rachel dancing at the Abbey together, and I just can't wait to hear from her. We do on part two, um, airing tomorrow. Tom starts crying, um, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Andy's like, is there anything you want to say? And he's just like, you can see that he's like preparing the tears and James just right away is like, no, stop, pull yourself together. And Ariana's like, you're not a victim. They're both just going at him. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not a victim, but I'm just so glad that everybody's there for Ariana. And then Ariana, he's, you know, Andy's like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, well, Um, he's been victim blaming me this whole time. He was mad that I had people over there supporting me. So I don't believe for one second that, you know, that he's glad people are there for me. You know, he's doing this all for the camera type thing. And, um, one of my favorite moments, you know, after Tom launches into that very lackluster, monotone, um, that very nothing script apology Uh, James turns to Lala and he's like, ah, that didn't hit for me. What about you? And Lala's like, I didn't even listen. Um, so yeah. And then just Tom and all of his, Sandoval and all of his responses, just playing the victim again. you know, Andy asks if he's still living in the house that they own together. And he's like, yeah, on and off. Like he says it like that. It's just like, dude, just literally pull yourself together. Um, this is not the point to play the victim. Like, this is, the t- this is where you just need to, like, take your licks and then just, you know, go forward from there. But he won't. He won't do that. Um, Lala compares Sandoval to Randall, and Ariana agrees. You know, Lala says a very pointed thing about, you know, I could never get him to stay home, which we know that Ariana and, you know, that was her issue with Sandoval. She couldn't, she couldn't get him to stay home. But then when shit hit the fan, I couldn't get him to leave. And that's exactly what Tom's doing. So I get the comparison. She calls him a na- narcissist and dangerous. And Lisa steps in. And, oh, my God. Like, this just, like, Lisa step in this reunion so far just not necessary. Um, there's one thing she says to Schwartz, which I'll mention later. But other than that, yeah, we just don't need the commentary from Lisa. And she's like, well, you know. Uh, I didn't ask for anybody else's opinion and Lisa's like, well, you have mine. And Lala's like, well, that's great. I reject it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been saying that all week. Well, that's great. I reject it. And again, I'm sorry. Like, sorry, not sorry. I agree with Lala. That is dangerous. That is dangerous to someone's psychology. It could have been dangerous... Quite literally to Ariana's physical health. Like Lala's not saying that he's like sleeping with a gun and going to kill her in the middle of the night. He's saying that she's saying that he's a dangerous person. And then in 10 years he will be Randall Emmett. Which (sighs) I did see the Randall scandal and I know that that's not everything. But what was explored on there? I mean very similar stuff. Gaslighting. um, Very clearly talking down to people um, you deem as underneath you. Um, these are all things that Tom Sandoval's done, you know, as much as he tries to be this good guy and, you know, generous with money on camera. I mean, Randall did the same things, but it was other people's money. Just like Sandoval's now touring the country with his band, um, I mean, and doing all of these things, but, you know, it's not his money. He still owes his mom $250,000, and as much as he likes to, wants to... um repost articles about him on his Instagram stories, um, saying that he hasn't taken any financial hit. I just don't, you know, I just don't believe it. So um, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous because you could lie and gaslight and make somebody believe your version of the events and that's not the correct version of events. And, you know, You can really F with somebody's mind that way. So it is dangerous. I think Lisa needs to redefine what dangerous means. Um, You know, I hope that when they do pick cameras back up, I hope that there's at least one, but, you know, a few, because it's going to take a few conversations between Lisa, Ariana, and Lala, and Katie to get, like, to get on the same page as far as, you know, the times that we're living in, the things that have changed you know, things that we know now that we didn't know then, um, you know, to get, to get Lisa up to date a little bit. She's a little, you know, she's from a different time, quite literally, she's living in a little bit of a different time but yeah, I hope there's a conversation with the women about like, you know, what signs to look out for, because yes, we understand Lisa that you and Ken have a great relationship and you got lucky is a big part of it, but not everybody is so lucky. Um. You know, Lala's been through a lot, and uh, Katie has, and Ariana has as, have as well. You know, you know, I'm not even gonna try to be on the level that she was, um, but you know who recapped this reunion part one episode beautifully is Sarah Golly, Dame Golly on Instagram. Her podcast is called Andy's Girls, where she, you know, obviously covers Bravo stuff and um yeah she just recapped it beautifully you know um lala definitely like you know you can tell that she's triggered by the stuff that's randall you know that andy reminds us is still very fresh you know obviously we're coming off the heels of the scandal situation being brought to light but we forget that katie and schwartz recently divorced we forget that lala and randall's um, engagement recently fell apart for very dark reasons and um you know, yes, we have Sheena and Brock getting married this season, but a lot of, a lot of what happened this season is, you know, a lot of breakups. And again, if we're looking forward to when these women are filming again, I, these people, sorry, when we're looking forward to when these people are filming again, I really hope we're not waiting too long because I want to see single Lala, Ariana and, and, um, Katie together. I want to see that. um, you know, Lala's very adamant that she's not dating right now, not looking right now, just, you know, hooking up because a, cause a girl's got needs, but she's not, you know, looking for a baby daddy or anything like that. She's super traumatized by the thing that happened with Randall. and But, you know, and we know that Katie's dating. We know that Ariana's, you know, um, seeing someone now. So, you know, I would I would love to see that, and I hope that's something that we can get on camera before these women get in serious relationships again. Um, you know, we've never really seen, we haven't seen Ariana single. We haven't seen Katie single and, you know, I just, you know, would like to see them single together. Um, and they have really been, you know, um, they have really been traumatized by these men. So that's something to, to, you know, consider as well. Um, Yeah, the fake crying got me. I just was like, that's like so very clearly like... And then two seconds later, he was fine. James was like, what are you doing? And he's fine. Um, And then, yeah, Andy and his line of questioning is just... um, I mean, it's starting to get annoying. And you can tell Ariana's very visibly annoyed because the way... You know, and he has to ask these questions. But, you know, the way that he's going about asking them is it sounds a little like, it sounds a little off, (laughs) um, the way he's like, you know, what caused the divide in your relationship? And Ariana's like, well, Tom Sandoval caused the divide by fucking other people. Um, you know, it's to put it simply that, you know, that's what it was. And You know, then Andy's like, well, you know, what about, you know, earlier before we found out about, and she's like, well, yes, I didn't know about him fucking people behind my back at this point, but he was still fucking people behind my back. And that's what was causing all of the tension, all of him, that was what was driving him going around to Schwartz and their other friends trying to, you know, and producers trying to create this narrative that you know, that they weren't in a happy relationship. That's why when it cut to him talking to producers about how, oh man, I just feel bad. Like everybody else shows their relationship, but we're having issues. Like that wasn't the flex that he thought it was. It's like, he's going around, you know, basically airing out their dirty laundry. You know, he's like, we weren't having the communication that we normally do. Or what did he say? He said that, um, <sighs> he said that things were dissipating. The, the communication and intimacy was dissipating. And, I mean, there's that saying, the grass is greener where you water And it's a saying for a reason. He wasn't watering their grass. (laughs) He quite literally was not staying home long enough to do anything except restock the pen drawer. Um, And, you know, he's wondering why their relationship is falling apart. Long-term relationships are work. You know, like, um, you know, if you want that NRE, that new relationship energy all the time, then maybe you should be in a... um, ethically non-monogamous relationship where both people are agreeing to be ethically non-monogamous, you know, but that's not what they were in. And he's confirmed that many times. Mm. And then Sheena brings up how she, you know, um, you know, how she heard from a that Tom Sandoval said to her in the hot tub at Coachella that, you know what, we are in an open relationship. And then when it gets back to him, he denies it. So it's like, they he knew that they weren't in an open relationship. Ariana knew that they weren't in an open relationship. But maybe, you know, like, all of this aside, because they weren't, so it's not relevant. But, like, in the future, maybe that's what he needs. And, you know, again, <laughs> I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and then Schwartz is just being a bobblehead. Um, reach... Re- <sighs> Rachel looks very surprised, you know, they cut to her in the trailer, and, you know, when um, Andy asks if anyone else sensed problems in the relationship, Schwartz says yes, and then she knows, like, I didn't, but then Lala said that, you know, she had um, feelings about Sandoval and Raquel being together, and um, I asked Ariana about it, and she said, we've been very intimate, things have been great, and this was in January, and then they cut to Raquel, and she looks very surprised by that, so um, January comes up a lot. A lot, a lot. We also know that January is when their nine-year anniversary was. The dinner that they went to um, that they were photographed looking happy at, that was in January. I suspect that's why Tom tried to say he didn't tell Schwartz until end, mid-late end of January. Um, <laughs> he's like, I, I think it was mid-late January and just, like, turns it up. Like, is that a question? Like, obviously, that's a lie. But anyway... Um, Ariana says that, you know, and, you know, Lisa's like, I think Ariana's a little more important. And, and well, Ariana's like, well, you know, they were bro, they were like brothers. James and Tom Sandoval were like brothers. So he's, you know, his feelings are valid. And then Tom Sandoval's like, we were like brothers. We were like brothers. You called me that. We weren't like brothers. And he just wants to like rewrite history and bring up the cast's history. And James has to remind him. Hey, I was 21 then, okay? You're 42. That's double 21. Like, you cannot t- <laughs> condemn me for something I did years ago when I was 21 when you're doing the same shit now. That just doesn't add up. Um, you know, he calls, of course, he calls Sandoval the worm with the mustache, classic. And then, you know, Tom Sandoval comes for James's hair. <sighs> Tom Sandoval is not bothered by his question, his character being questioned. He's not bothered by the fact that he, you know, he very plainly says, I don't think it was appropriate, but I was doing it as in fucking uh, Ariana's best friend, um, for at least seven months, if not more, I think it was more. And, you know, at least he was thinking about it for more, but he was actually doing it for, you know, seven, at least seven months that we know of. And, you know. So this is a guy that doesn't care about any of that being called into question. But don't you call him a worm with a mustache. Don't you talk about his white nail polish. Don't you talk about his his hair. You know. <laughs> Nobody even talked about his hair. He just called him a worm with a mustache. And he started talking about how James Kennedy, you call yourself an artist. You've had the same haircut. And James is like, yeah, and? I look great. So what is your point? <laughs> um... Yeah, he's just so superficial like like it's yeah, it's crazy. So, and then Andy's getting ready to ask, well he does ask um Tom Sandoval. So, why why when the affair started, whenever you're saying that it started and it wasn't just a one-night stand anymore, why didn't you come clean to Ariana about it? And James, you know, gets triggered again and says something and um, I was living for it. Um, some people I was watching with were annoyed, but I was living for it. Um, and then, you know, uh, cuts to Rachel back in the trailer. She's like, wait, I actually want to hear Tom's response to this. Cause you know that she was also asking him why he's not coming clean to Ariana about it. Um, oh, I forget where it was. Oh yeah. Um, Ariana on call her daddy with Alex Cooper. She mentioned that she had come across a text that, wait, was it her? God, I can't remember where I heard this or saw this, but there was at some point a text that was found on Tom Sandoval's phone by someone from Rachel, you know, um, you know, back in like September, October, something like that, where she was like, you know, I know that you can do this. You got this, you know, you just need to tell her, I know it's going to be hard, but I'll be here and you got this. So, you know, that she was like, I broke up with James. Now you break up with Ariana. Like, I'm not seeing shorts anymore. So now, like, you know, I don't know. But um, I'm not seeing anybody else. So, like, I'm waiting for you to break up with Ariana. But for Tom Sandoval, it wasn't so easy to just, I know, I know why. Um, it's just everything everybody's been saying. Ariana made him look good. He, she was constantly defending him. Where is he at? Well, look at his life now that he doesn't have Ariana defending him. Not so great, not so hot. We see right through it now, you know. Um she you know, they own the home together, so there's that financial obligation that's like a marriage that bound them together. Um she has so many of his secrets he doesn't want coming out, didn't want coming out. I mean now they're all coming out. No reason why they shouldn't. Um but you know, he had reasons in his mind of like not to why to prolong this as as, as long as possible, why to put this off as long as possible and maybe not ever even do it. Who knows? But you know that Raquel was like always asking him when he was going to do it and why he wasn't hasn't done it yet. So she wanted to hear the answer to that question. Um, in the finale that was shot in March, he tells Lisa that he was going to tell her, you know, <laughs> he said that he was going to tell her before the reunion because him and Raquel would not have been able to feel like human people if they hadn't told her by then. Well, that was filmed two weeks before the reunion. I mean, they didn't change the reunion um, filming date because of all of this. Um, So when were you going to tell her? You had months and months and months and you were going to wait till right before. Um, That's definitely something that was going to get brought up at the reunion, no matter whether you told her or she found out another way. It's something that was going to get talked about. (laughs) So, you know, that just, that answer just doesn't make any sense. Um, And then Tom Shorts, you know, he's like, it started in July and I found out late August and, you know, Sandoval's like late August and Schwartz, you know, like one of the few times we see him stand up to Sandoval, Sandoval, that's perfect. Um, one of the few times we've seen him stand up to him, you know, there's a couple of other times, but you know, he, you know, was like, I went back through the texts. I checked the receipts. You told me in late August that had been going on since July um, he's like, I went through my phone and I looked and, you know, and he asks, you know, about the, the, the comment he made in front of Yeasty Boys about how I had a feeling that Raquel had a crush on somebody else. Did he know then? Yes. Did he know glamping when he made the comment about Raquel liking taken men? Yes. Also yes. Um, And then Andy's like, well, then why, why, you know, Sandoval, why push Raquel and Schwartz together knowing that you had had sex? And, you know, was it a decoy? And Sandoval's like, no. And, like, it's weird that it wasn't a decoy. And everyone kind of chimes in at this point. Like, it's weirder that it wasn't a decoy because that means that you, you know, you get off on this. Like, whatever. Like, okay. Uh, Like, (laughs) what? What was it then? If it wasn't a decoy, <laughs> you just want to see your, your best friend and your, um, mistress together. Like what he doesn't, you know, he, he says it wasn't a decoy, but he doesn't explain what it was instead. Um, you know, Lala starts, you know, she's like, uh, Andy asks her why, you know, why her antennas maybe went up, why she suspected something. And she's like, I started noticing he started talking about Ariana the way that he was talking about Kristen before he broke up and around the time that, you know, him and Kristen broke it off for good. Um, And and Lisa's like, were were you on the show? Like you didn't, you didn't know him then. she's like, well, I have a television and I watched it. And Lisa's like, well, that's not the same thing. Tom's like, well, that's not the same thing. And uh, she's just always defending these guys. But, um, you know, also like, okay, Lisa, if you want people to think you're, you know, buy into your version of events on reality TV, then what are you even saying? Um, That because she watched it on TV, she didn't get the real version of events? Okay, so what are they from the people that were actually there? And then I love how Ariana sticks up for Lala. She's like, well, I was there. And it was that, you know, it was the whole thing about how he liked me, how, you know, how I was back then. I didn't have any responsibilities. And, he liked that about me. He liked that I could, you know, go out into the desert, you know, on a whim and do mushrooms with him until the morning. And like, that was cool back then. We were however old, you know, back then. And, and, you know, things change. I have responsibilities now. (laughs) This is a man that was saying that he wanted children. I don't think so. I think it was their like shtick. Oh, like the whole ball and chain. She wants kids and I, or no, the other way around, you know, she wants, she doesn't want kids and I do. And, um, You know, it was their shtick. He never actually really wanted kids. He he. Any any whiff of any responsibility that him or his partner has to have, he's out of there. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Um, things get you know, and it is crazy because they were serious. They had businesses together. They had a house together. Like. Maybe, you know, and and it doesn't, it seems like when she got serious, because, you know, she said this was after the season nine reunion. She said this, that that's when she started getting really serious about, hey, I'm freezing my eggs. You should get your sperm checked so we can make babies together and freeze them for when we're ready to have kids. You know, Ariana Singh has always been like, we have to be a solid team before we have kids. We have to have, you know, be financially set up before we have kids. And at the time, Tom Sandoval agreed. But then when the rubber came time to meet the road, that's when he was like, oh, 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 ah!" like short circuit, going to fuck our friend instead. Like when it came down to it, that's when he, you know, that's when it was too serious. Buying a house? No. You know, I can, I can borrow against this house and, you know, know that, you know, I own only 50% of it, but I'll borrow against the whole thing. And, you know, that wasn't serious enough for him. It was the kids, you know, the actual real, like, kids thing. So that's very interesting. Um, So then they do the Miami Girl flashback. We get, you know, of course, reminded that Ariana did know about Miami Girl, but she decided to keep it off the show. So when Kristen, um, who has later said she didn't obviously specifically fly Miami Girl out, production did um, because the receipts were there as well. And, you know, how, how Tom could just lie to her face Anne Marie's face and say that he didn't sleep with her. And she's like, we slept together. And, you know, that whole scene obviously, and then it just, you know, goes really bad for Kristen when she tells Diana to suck a dick out the back. Oh my God. The glory days. Like that's one of the best episodes. But, um, anyway, um, it was, you know, also, uh, you know, Ariana's no angel, no saint. I mean, I don't think anybody's saying that she is. Nobody's perfect, and you know that's what I love about reality TV. We get we get to see people's flaws. We get to fall in love with people's flaws and mistakes, and see how they learn and they grow from them. Um, but it was a different time. I don't think half the things Ariana did back then she would do now. Just like Kristen, you know Stassi, um, you know um, Lala. These are all people we've seen grown. James. These are all people we've seen grown and change, and Katie even to some extent. But, but you know, we have seen, you know, if you watch, you know, previous reunions, I think it's a season three reunion, season two or season three, one of them. Um, you know, Ariana's first or second reunion. I can't remember which at this time. But she, you know, says um, that she, it flashes back to when she called Kristen bipolar. She's, and then she says on the reunion that she has characteristics of being borderline. She's like, you should look it up. And that's just not something we really do anymore is diagnose somebody else, even though, you know, Lala did call um, Tom Sandoval a narcissist earlier in the um, earlier in this reunion episode. But narcissist is one of those ones that that kind of gets thrown around a lot. Like it doesn't always mean narcissistic personality disorder when people say nar- You know what I mean? Like you don't go around calling people bipolar, though, or co- go around calling them borderline, which she did to um, to Kristen back in the day. Um, which again, I don't think she would do now. Um, uh, I'm just saying that to say like, you know, and even Stasi, you know, in one of her confessionals, it was a different time is what I'm trying to say. And they've grown, but Stasi's like, um, you know, she called, she also called Tom Sandoval a narcissist back in the day and said that Kristen met a lot of the criteria for borderline personality and calls herself an alcoholic. I mean, a lot of that was like, um, yeah, but, um, You know, I also think that Ariana was, you know, she mentions this a lot. She was coached by Tom Sandoval before the reunions. All of that stuff about Kristen being borderline came from him 100%. And she was being coached by him, being, you know, taught by somebody who had been on a reunion or two before her, like what to say, how to play it, you know. And she went with that at the time. Um, I did like how, you know, Andy asked her at the beginning of the reunion, this reunion, how she's feeling, and she's like, you know, usually I'm really nervous before reunions, but I got really good sleep last night, and I feel great. And it's because she doesn't have to worry about defending Tom. She doesn't have to worry about getting her lines right, you know, and making sure that she's saying the exact thing that he wants her to say to make them look whatever and to make Kristen look whatever. And even still in this reunion, he can't help but still go back to Kristen. And Miranda's like, we're not talking about Kristen. We're talking about us. Like, and he's just, he's so... Upset that it didn't go a different way. He's so upset that you know the audience and their friends didn't buy into this whole thing about how Ariana's just like putting him down and you know all this stuff that he created to make it okay that he fucked her best friend. He's just so like he he, it didn't go the way that he wanted it to go. Obviously, he wanted us to believe that Ariana's this like monster and he's just like this like helpless person that he didn't have another choice but to fuck her best friend and. Sandoval, and his comparing Ariana to Kristen, he says, you know, Kristen and I weren't even that serious, and so Lala's like, well, oh, I get it, like, so in a not serious relationship, you don't fuck the best friend, but once you're in a serious, committed relationship with your life partner, then you do fuck the best friend. Cuts commercial, when we come back, it's Katie, and uh, Katie's turn to talk about her, you know, marriage ending with Schwartz, um, which we obviously found out about at the beginning of this season. Um, you know Sheena says that she saw something about it on Instagram but she doesn't believe everything she sees on Instagram she says so you know she had a conversation with Katie about it and she said that Katie sounded you know happy, like relieved like free for the first time and that she was happy for her um, and you know uh, then Katie you know was asked to expand on the the friend group rule and you know that was a big part of their like, um verbal, I guess, contract with each other when they um separated but were not yet divorced. Um, you know, she said that for her own comfortability level, you know, she needed that friend group rule and shorts agreed to it. And, you know, even on the reunion, he says that, you know, it, it was reasonable. Um, but he says, but if she was uh she was sleeping with other people, you know, in the friend group, I wouldn't have been upset by that it's like you don't get a medal for for not caring about your wife your partner of 12 years you don't get a medal for then not caring if she is gonna go you know hook up with one of your friends um and you know he's you know makes a comment about how you know he was he asks but then when she responds that yeah she's been sleeping with other people then he gets upset by that but it's like I mean, she was never saying you can't go, you know, sleep with other people. <laughs> you just can't um, dip your ink in the pond that I also am in and people that, you know, I know, like, that are friends in the friend group, basically. You know, she said it loud and clear, and he agreed to it at the time. So that's the most important part is he agreed to it. This whole thing about, you know, he was he was forced into proposing to her and marrying her due to an ultimatum Schwartz's a big boy he can he's almost as old as Sandoval he can make his own decisions and I mean he should be able to at this point make his own decisions <laughs> um you know when Andy asks him if it was worth it and he's like I can't pick that how do I choose that and Lisa's like well you you pick an answer you pick a response and you stand by it <laughs> It's like he needs that reminder every once in a while that he is an adult and along with that comes with making decisions that you ultimately have to stand by. Um, So just pick a side, make a decision. Um, But yeah, going back to the whole friend group thing, like I made a note, I've been rewatching Curb and you know when um, season seven, I believe when Larry and Cheryl get divorced like, they first get separated and, like, try that out and then they kind of almost get back together, but then they get divorced for real. Like, if in that time, if Cheryl had gone and kissed Jeff in front of everybody, or I guess Richard Lewis, because he was single, like, that's what it would have been like. Like, you're telling me that that's okay with you? It's creepy. It's weird. Like, she had a reason to not want that. And, you know, he does, he's not some, like, honorable, like, amenable dude just because he wouldn't have cared if she had done that with like you know Peter was the example used like he doesn't get some award for that like that's not good (laughs) that you wouldn't care um and then that's when we get the whole conversation about you know Sheena you know telling Ariana that Raquel had told her that Sandoval had told her that you know Ariana and him were in an open relationship which he denies he's like she didn't repeat that and it's like Ariana says, how would you know if she repeated it? Are you with her 24-7, monitoring everything that she's saying? I mean, I know that you're trying to do that, but you don't know what she repeated. You don't know what she said to anybody when you weren't right there. (laughs) Um, You know, Katie talks about Joe, creepy Joe, um, spooky Joe, (laughs) spooky Joe. And, um, you know, Schwartz is like, you are going to get a cease and desist. From her, If you keep talking about her and she's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying the truth, which is that she was in the friend group technically because she was best friends with Kristen Doty. And then when, you know, when she moved in with you Schwartz, um, she, um, into your apartment, that's when she decided to block Kristen, one of her best friends. Like, that's weird. The people that these guys are choosing, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, it just says everything. Um, choosing to f around on their life partners with, I should say. <sighs> and then um, they're talking about the Big Bear trip, and we all know at this point it was a double date, so they're just calling it a double date because Raquel and it was Raquel, Joe, Schwartz, and Sandy. Like it was a double date, and <laughs> Schwartz is like, <laughs> okay, this is why I love the uncensored Peacock version because I was rolling, laughing, just you know, everybody's hearing everybody's you know the things that were bleeped out the night before. Um, um, you know, Schwartz is like, tell him, tell him Sandoval, it wasn't a, it wasn't a double date, and then Ariane was just like, what was it then, a fuckfest? That was so good, that was maybe one of my favorite lines, other than the whole, um, that didn't hit for me, I wasn't listening, what was it then, a fuckfest? Um... Yeah, and then James is like, he brings up the added extra point that Raquel hates snowboarding. So she only only came to suck Sandoval's dick. (laughs) And they're all just like, boo! Shame! Boo! Oh my god, it's so good. Schwartz and Sandys gets some airtime, and this is the most boring part. The dullest part, should we say. Um, except, you know, Andy asks the question about Tom Sandoval's mom's retirement money for being a firefighter. Um, they do get a good pension, but, you know, <laughs> so we find out that Lisa gave back, Tom and Tom both invested 50K each into TomTom. And we find out that Lisa gave them that money back to each of them the first week of opening Schwartz and Sandys because they were losing money. And, you know, I guess they put that back into the bar. I don't know. But Tom Sandoval says he has not yet paid his mom back at all. Um, And he says that he, you know, he says whether I do it with this bar or with another investment, he is going to pay her back. He says, well, that's good to know. Um, But I do, I feel bad for his mom. I'd love to hear from her. And then Lisa says something where... It's like, this is all she needed to say. I mean, and now we said it. She says, I know it's a shit show, but I've always been there on their side talking about the Toms. I've always been there on their side, and it's not an easy place to be always. And Tom Sandoval's like, Well, definitely not now. You know, he's like, Ugh, This like buddy buddy thing they have with Lisa is so. And, you know, if she gave them her money back, if she gave them their money back, like that they put into TomTom. Is it about the business why is she going for these guys like why is she standing up for them so hard and you know james gets upset at the end of this first part and he's like you're defending tom too much it's upsetting um and i mean he's right he's saying what we're all thinking um but when lisa says that it cuts to katie and ariana's faces and they're just like they're so upset you can tell ariana is especially upset and um you know and then we get to move on to talk about something about her And the merch sales, you know, when all this news broke, you know, people were asking how they can support um, the ladies, Katie and Ariana, and, you know, they released merch and they've sold over $200,000 in merch sales alone. And it just makes it extra sweet that the, basically the amount of money that Tom Sandoval owes his mom, um, they've made in merch sales alone. Like the sandwich shop hasn't even opened yet. It's on track, I think, still to open, um, in June on the reunion, they say, um, end of May. And of course we're seeing, you know, that it's coming together. The Nancy myers esque um, sign out front. I mean, that's been released, so it's coming, it's coming soon and I can't wait, but, um, yeah, it just makes it that much sweeter because they did all that, you know, Lisa helped, obviously we saw her like coming in giving them advice here and there, but she didn't help them like she helped the Toms. Um, this was them, their intuition, like on, you know, who to hire, who to listen to, um, you know, their ability to make a decision and stick with it, that kind of thing, um, set up all the groundwork for the, um, for the release, but also for these, you know, for when this news came out, you know, they were ready, you know, they were going Katie said, we were going to release merch anyway, and now, you know, it just made sense to release it ahead of time, and Andy's like, that was smart, that was smart, it's like, yes, it was, um, hmm, what else, yeah, so in this moment with, um, Lala and Sheena, where, you know, we're talking about I know I skipped over something so yeah Lisa wants to know where Ariana and her stand when you know if she stays in business with the with Tom she wants to know how it's going to affect her relationship with Ariana and Ariana's like well I'm not going to give you business advice meaning like I'm not going to give Lisa Vanderpump of all people business advice Um, but she you know you know, she says, Lisa knows what's best for her. And, you know, if she chooses to go that, we probably just won't be as close because I won't feel as comfortable confiding in you knowing that you're still really close with Tom. And that's fair. Um, I don't think it was like a threat or an expectation. She just said, if you do this, I mean, (laughs) if you do this, then this will happen. And Lisa does, you know, she doesn't trust a boundary as far as she can throw it. She doesn't I guess know what that means. Um, but they come to an understanding. So, you know, she's like, I, you know, it won't be my hangout spot. And James is like, the drinks are still free at sir. Uh. So, you know, there's basically there's other places she can hang out and see Lisa without having to go into Tom Tom or Schwartz and Sandy's anymore. Um, And then yes, okay, so then we talk about the Lala and Sheena of it all, them getting um, their friendship back on track, and Andy asks how did that happen, and you know, they're like, it really came down to the kids, the kids became friends, and that brought us closer together, and we find out that Lala just purchased the house right next door to Sheena in Palm Springs, and, you know, so that their kids can really grow up together, and also, you know, so Brock, who she's come around on, can, you know, you know, be there, you know, for Ocean, too, when Ocean's with her, and, um, you know, have, like, a positive male figure in her life, Um, you know, we've seen also, like, um, Lala's brother's been coming around a lot, and obviously her mom's there a lot, so that's great that she has that support system, Um, but then Andy asks, you know, Katie, if, Lala and sheena's friendship got in the way of Lala and in Katie's friendship at all. And not only does Schwartz not prioritize or defend Katie in any way, he straight up throws her under the bus and this is just another example of that. He's like, "Well, she, you know, Katie told me that um, you know, that she didn't uh think she was getting the same lo- level of loyalty from Lala that she was giving to her." And Kitty's just like, well, yeah, I wasn't gonna do anything. I wasn't gonna make a big deal out of it because I understood, you know, like they have kids the same age, and you know, it's a different situation. But X Y Z. When Lala had the same, you know, she says to Lala, when you had the same issues with Sheena, I just feel like, you know, you would have been mad at me for even talking to her. Um, And then Lala brings up the great point that she had that scene on Sheena's bed in the um, in her suite in Mexico, where she's like, okay you egged on this kiss between Schwartz and Raquel. So I'm not going to go to any more of your like events. I'm not even a bridesmaid, first of all. So I'm going to go over to your, um, you know, I'm going to go to your wedding, but I'm not going to go to any of these extra events. Like I, you know, I just don't feel like it's right. I have to be there for Katie. And she, you know, she was, um, so that's, you know, Katie didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, but it's like, why Schwartz did you have to like chime in at that moment? (laughs) Um, anyway, um, you know, and then Andy asks if they had, you know, um, something about being a bridesmaid and Lala's like, I'm so glad that she didn't, you know, that she didn't, um, Asked me to be a bridesmaid. And I guess the reason was because Raquel and her, like, she didn't want them both in her wedding party. So she chose Raquel, which is kind of strange. But Lala's like, I wouldn't have wanted to do it anyway. I hate that shit. I'm glad you didn't ask me. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And then it ends with James kind of storming out again. Um, uh, Lala's like, you know, I want to touch on this, you know, you, you use the word Bullying. We all signed up to, you know, be on this show. No one's coming after anyone's kids or parents. Like we're, we're, um, we're having it out. Where you know we—that's what we signed up to do. And I'm so glad she said that because I'm so tired of people. You know, bullying loses its meaning if you call every little conflict, um, if you call every little like you know time something. <laughs> Um, when someone brings something up on this show, you know, that's not bullying. And so I'm glad that she said that. Um, but you know, Tom gets to be sexist and misogynistic and, you know, hedonistic and all these things. But you know, when it serves him, when it benefits him, he can cry bullying and that's totally, that's totally, you know, makes sense to him. <laughs> um, that's when James says, you know, you're, Lisa you're sticking up for Tom too much and he leaves um so yeah um that's the end of this um and then you know I feel like half you know we get part of the previews from next part part two you know we get some of Sheena some of Raquel so it's gonna be probably like half the first half Sheena's still there and then halfway through we bring Raquel out um bring them out bring them out and you know just like Ariana can't even look her in the eye um, Ariana said on that Caller Daddy podcast, she was like, "I couldn't, you know, I couldn't look either of them in the eye. Like, you know, I was responding to things that they were saying, but I could not look at them. I could not." Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, you know, we get the, you know, talking about, you know, how Raquel's mom would always hit on, she would always hit on James and, and like Peter. I think she hit on too. Like, she was very inappropriate with the guys, so they touch on that. Allie comes out. Allie, Allie! Um, And then, um, yeah, and then Sheena talks about how, you know, she defends or doesn't defend. We see her response to the comment about how she would have trusted Brock in the same bed with Raquel. and uh, um, Yeah, so excited for next week and all of that. So if I sound a little lackluster this this recap this week, um, I am getting a little sick of this. You know, I am glad that there is only two more episodes of this season left. I am ready to find out what the big reveal is, the big surprise that the cast didn't know. I'm ready to move on and have a great summer and, you know, watch, you know, Cause I won't directly follow him, but I'll watch other people's repostings of Tom Sandoval's like Instagram stories where he's spinning out, you know, I can't believe he came for that journalist, Stephanie, you know, again, he came for an article about, um, he came for an article about his white nail polish being ruined essentially. Um, you know, Stephanie, I want to get her name right. So Stephanie McNeil, uh, Steph E. McNeil on Instagram, she writes for Glamour Magazine and um, she's a senior editor, excuse me, for Glamour Magazine and it says journalist in her bio because that's what she is and she, you know, the headline of the article was, the headline of the article which may or may not have been removed from her Instagram now. The headline of her article was Tom Sandoval has ruined white nail polish for everyone. And she goes on to talk about how white nail polish was her, you know. um, She goes on to talk about how white nail polish was her summer color. It's a lot of girls, women's summer color for their toes or for their hands, you know. And he's ruined it for us. And it was just like a funny puff piece. I mean, it wasn't that serious. But Tom Sandoval ripped it apart on his page. He you know, took screenshots of the article, came directly for Stephanie, cred, uh, questioning her credibility as a journalist. He's like, I can't believe that you know journalists would you know take that oath to be you know um, fact finding and not take a side and um, just you know. I mean, first of all. News, journalism in general, has been trending that way for a while now. We know that um, writers of pieces and news anchors, like, have opinions. And, I mean, a lot of it has swayed into that realm of entertainment. I mean, that's what the whole shoulder newsroom was about. Like, you're not supposed to let your personal opinions dictate how you give information as a journalist. Okay, sure. But to come for this one, like, I mean, it's it's ironic that as a woman – as Sarah Galley on um, and Andy's Girls, uh, her latest episode pointed out, it's you know, it's it, he did this on purpose. Like Glamour magazine, I don't think that was a coincidence. You know, her co-host was like, it was probably the straw that broke the camel's back, and Sarah's like, yeah, I don't think it was the straw that broke the camel's back. It seems very calculated that it was Glamour magazine of all, of all the you know, Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone and all of these other um magazines that have reported on the CNNs reported on this and he comes for glamour magazine why because it's a magazine for women as Sarah pointed out really eloquently on her episode if you want to give it a listen her recap of the um yeah banner world <sighs> and yeah so um yeah uh, he's he's sick um you know <laughs> I mean, I think she I, she got even more followers after that came out because people were like, what? So, you know, whatever. He's just, he's spiraling and grasping for straws, but loving the attention, as Ariana said. He's loving the attention. So there's that. I almost, yeah, I'm ready for it to be over and not have to give it any more thought or attention. I mean, until these people come back into our lives with a new season. But you know he won't let that go. Like, you know that he'll continually keep, like, posting about it and bringing up things, you know, if, if he gets a whiff that anyone's forgotten about, um, his affair, he's going to bring it up again. Cause he just, he needs the fuel as Lala says. So